welcome to the Brand Market Flourish podcast. I'm your host, Louise Rowland. I'm a brand and marketing strategist and designer and the owner of Fleer Online. Here on the Brand Market Flourish podcast, I'll bring you actionable tips and advice on all things branding, marketing and business so you can build your own flourishing online brand. Using my 15 plus years experience in marketing, coupled with my passion for building brands online, my mission is to help and support as many female online business owners as possible in building a brand that stands out and looks out. I know you're destined for greatness and I want to be the one to help you achieve it. Imagine how it would feel waking up every day with a clear vision for your business. Amazing, right? So sit back, grab a cup of tea or a gin if you prefer and get ready to take notes. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Brand Market Flourish podcast. This is episode seven. And in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how to create a content marketing plan for your business. If you listened to the last episode, you'll know that I spoke about building a marketing plan for your business. So this episode is an extension of that one. If you haven't listened to the last episode yet, which is episode six, then I would recommend pausing this episode, heading back to episode six, giving that a listen, and then coming back to this one. So let's get started. The next step after creating your marketing plan is to create your content plan. Content is really important in business and consistent content output can really help to propel your business and brand forwards. Creating a content plan will help to create intentional content instead of posting because you haven't posted in a while. And let's be honest, we've all posted content for the sakes of posting content. Think about how you've discovered people that you would like to work with or that you have worked with. My guess is you've come across them through a referral or through their content. When I ask people who have inquired with me or my clients or my customers how they found me, Usually it's via Pinterest or via Instagram. So it's via my content. This means that my content is doing the hard work for me. By creating key pieces of content that relate directly back to my offers and my products, I am building the know, like, and trust factor with my audience. And you'll know that I say it's really important to build that know, like, and trust factor. Before we start talking about how to build out your content marketing plan, I first want to talk to you about the different types of content that you can include in your content plan. When you're creating content, it's important that there is variety and that not all of your content is the same. For example, if you are constantly posting educational content, then your audience may feel overwhelmed with everything that you are putting out there. So if you're constantly giving value and that is the only type of content you're putting out, you're going bash, 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 content, 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 value, value, value then they're going to feel overwhelmed. If every post is promotional, but you're not building trust with your audience through educational content and connection content and storytelling content, then the promotional content is not going to work for you because they're just going to feel like you're selling to them and they're not really getting to know you and your expertise as a business. So when you're creating content, there are four main types of content that you can create. The first is storytelling content. Often storytelling content can be thought of as you telling your own story. And this is where many people get stuck. Things I hear are, I don't have a story. And how many times can I tell my own story? They're often statements that I hear when talking to my audience and to clients. When in actual fact, storytelling isn't just about your story. Yes, it's part of it, but it's also about your ideal clients. If you have not yet read the book, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, then I would definitely recommend reading this book. 
In it, he talks about your audience being the hero of your story as opposed to you. This means that you're creating storytelling content with your audience at the center of it. So you're creating content around your audience's pain points and their goals, and you're building a story around that to show that you really understand what they're struggling with, what their goals are, and then you position yourself as the person to help them. And that's what that's what Donald Miller calls the guide. So you've got the hero of the story and the guide of the story. The hero is your ideal client and the guide is you. So some examples of storytelling content, like I say, is around your ideal client's pain points and their goals. And also it is about your own personal experiences as well. And if right now you're listening to this thinking, but I don't really have a story, then I really encourage you to dig deeper because you definitely have a story. We all have a story. And initially we might not think we have one or we might not think the story that we have is relevant, but it is going to relate to your audience. It's going to relate to your ideal client and your ideal clients are really going to listen to that story and be able to relate to that. So if you are listening to this and thinking that you haven't got a story, then it might not come to you straight away, but it will come to you over time. So that is storytelling content. And next up is educational content. Educational content is often the easiest form of content to create because you are essentially creating content around your areas of expertise. Um, It's important to make sure that not all of your content is educational content, especially on platforms such as Instagram and Facebook and your email list. Educational content is great for long-term content such as blogs or a podcast like this one or a YouTube channel. And it should still be used on social media platforms in your Instagram stories and your Facebook groups and your Instagram posts and to your email list. But on those platforms, it's best to mix it in with the storytelling content, the promotional content, the connection based content as well. So some examples of educational content are so value based content It's around your expertise. Like what are your areas of expertise and what content can you create around that? And we'll talk more about building out that content plan and coming up with content ideas later on in this podcast episode. So you've got things like tips and advice and how to posts, like those things always go down well with um, businesses. So then we have connection-based content. So connection-based content works really, really well for platforms where you are building a community such as Instagram and like I say, a Facebook group and your email list And essentially with connection content, you're building a connection with your audience. You're enabling enabling your audience to get to know you as a person and you as a business owner. And that is what is really going to help to build that trust with your audience. When I have inquiry calls, for example, and calls with my clients, they say they felt like they had a connection to me and that we've been speaking for a while on Instagram, for example. Um, So it's really kind of helping to build that connection with your audience. So examples of connection-based content is behind-the-scenes content. So you could do a day in the life on Instagram stories, for example. Um, you could do per- really personal content, not, not really personal, but you could do personal content around what you're up to at the weekends, if you're happy sharing that. And it hasn't got to be like you haven't got to share your whole life story on Instagram and you haven't got to be on Instagram every second of every day sharing everything that you're doing and where you're going and what you're eating but just by sharing these little snippets of your life however little they may be um it really just helps to create that connection like I say with your audience so the other type of content to create is promotional content so once you have built up trust with your audience through your storytelling content your educational content and your connection-based content 
you want to let them know how they can work with you. And this is where your promotional content comes in. So in this content, you want to talk about your offers. You want to talk about how your offers can help people. You want to share customer success stories and testimonials and case studies. These are all examples of promotional content. So storytelling content, educational connection and promotional content, they should be an essential part of your content marketing plan. So I want you to have a think about the different types of content that I've spoken about here. Maybe take a look at your past content and categorize some of your posts into these categories I've already spoken about so you can see what types of content you're already sharing. So now we know the different types of content that are available. Let's move on to the next step, which is identifying your content pillars. First of all, what are content pillars? Content pillars are three to five top level content categories that your brand and your business will talk about through its content. They're also known as content buckets or pillar content or content categories. Like all of these terms relate to content pillars. By having clear content pillars in your business that relate directly back to your products and your services, your business will become known for a specific area of expertise. Content pillars can also help when you're feeling uninspired. So having these content pillars to reference can be a really big help to spark content ideas when you're feeling that that is lacking. So why are they important? Content pillars are important because they help with a few different things. The first being organization. So by creating key overarching content topics, you're able to stay organized with the content that you create. So you can organize your topics by content pillar in your chosen project management system, for example, and you can easily find content for a specific topic. It also helps with targeting. Your content pillars will help narrow down your targeting to ensure that you're staying on topic with your content and targeting the right audience. Coming up with the ideas for your content is so much easier when you have top level content pillars identified. Instead of trying to come up with topics out of thin air, you're able to look at your content pillars and the associated subcategories to help spark ideas with your content. Whenever I feel stuck about what content to create, I always refer back to my content pillars and my list of brainstorm ideas. So how do you discover your content pillars? The best way to discover your content pillars is to start with your offers because the whole reason you're creating content is to increase your leads and to book clients. And that relates directly back to the offers that you're going to be selling. What you want is to have a really clear idea of your ideal client's pain points and their goals and that you've created offers to be able to support them with these things. You then want to use these offers and break them down into top level content categories. So let's have a look at some examples. My own personal content pillars are branding, marketing, business, websites, and mindset. So these are the five things that I tend to talk about on rotation or depending on what season I'm at in business. Examples of content pillars for a copywriter could be content, obviously. Um, it could be email. It could be website, brand messaging, like all those different things that a copywriter might help with. They're the types of things that they might talk about. A social media manager might have content pillars for each individual platform they work on. For example, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, um, social media advertising. Like They're the different content pillars that a social media manager might have. These content pillars will often form the content categories that you see on a blog homepage. So when you go to a blog's homepage, you often see different categories and you can click on those categories 
and view the content within that category. They are essentially your content pillars. So once you've identified your three to five top level content categories, you want to be breaking them down even further into what I call subcategories. So again, let's take my content pillars as an example. My core content pillars, like I said before, are branding, marketing, business, websites, and mindset. So if I take one of these, for example, if I take marketing, I can then break marketing down even further. So I would break it down into strategy, into planning, into content, into social media, emails, funnels. And then I could break these subcategories down even further into topics. So I could take one of those subcategories, such as email, and I could break email down into lead magnets, welcome sequences, sales funnels, and so on. Now, depending on how niche your business is in the first place, you may not be able to break your top level content pillars down as much as this. But if you can at least break them down into subcategories, then it's going to help even further with your content creation. The more that you can break down your content pillars into further categories, the more you are able to dive deeper into a certain topic and give a broader range of topics to choose from. If you're listening to this and you have access to a pen and paper or your computer, then what I want you to do is to flick open a new page of your notebook or pull up a new Google Doc on your computer and start to brainstorm your content pillars. Remember, you want three to five top level content pillars, which you can further break down into subcategories. And then if you can, topics. So now you have your content pillars and your subcontent categories. It's time to start brainstorming your content ideas. It's totally okay if you don't feel immediately inspired when coming up with content ideas. It's the same with anything. The more you do something, the easier it will get. So here are some ways to spark your creative juices and build out a list of content ideas. Your content pillars are the first place that you should visit when you're coming up with new ideas for content. Once you have your content pillars, you can then go in and add new topic ideas whenever you think of them. So I like to keep them in ClickUp, which is my project management system. And then I will add new ideas as and when they come to me. So I have the ClickUp app on my phone and I have, like I say, I have it broken down into my content pillars, my content categories. And whenever I think of a new idea, if I'm out and about, or if I'm just sitting on the sofa watching telly, I'll pick up my phone, open the app and just pop that in and assign it to the relevant content category. The key here is not to overthink it. Just write down any ideas you have, even if they might not seem entirely relevant right now or if they seem very broad. But by creating a list of content ideas, you'll be able to revisit these whenever you're planning your content calendar and whenever you might be feeling stuck for content. Another great way to come up with new ideas is to ask your audience. By frequently asking your audience questions through Instagram stories or your Facebook group or even doing a survey to your email list, you will find questions that will come up that you can then answer in your content. Be sure to also listen to your audience. So what questions do you get asked in your DMs on Instagram, for example? Make a note of these so that you can answer them within your content. Another way is via Google and Pinterest results. So one thing that I like to do is to see what content is already out there and then put my own spin on things. Using content already created doesn't mean that you're copying the contents. One thing that I do is I make sure that I only read the subject line or the title of the articles so I don't unintentionally copy other people's content. I'm just using those subjects and using those titles to spark my own ideas for content creation. The final way that I'm going to talk about is via Facebook groups. So Facebook groups are full of people asking questions on how to do things. 
what I want you to do is check out a few related Facebook groups, type in your keywords and just see what posts come up. And I promise you this will be enough to give you some ideas on what to write and talk about. So we've talked about different types of content. We have talked about content pillars and we've talked about how to come up with ideas for your content. And now I want to talk about content repurposing. Content repurposing is a must when marketing your business. By creating a piece of content and then only using it once, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. You don't need to be constantly creating content. You just need to work on getting the content you've already created in front of more people. So, for example, if you are just starting out in business, you will only use one platform. For example, like I recommend using one or two platforms when you're first starting out in business to avoid the overwhelm and so you can really focus your energy on that specific platform. What you can do, say, six or 12 months down the line is to look at the content you created on Instagram, look at your top performing content, and then use that as a base to create a podcast, for example, or to create blog, like blog posts. So you're really creating content around content you've already created for expanding on it and if you are in business for a few more years and you're really starting to look at building out a more multi-channel marketing strategy then let's look at ways in which you can repurpose your content hopefully by now you'll know that I recommend keeping to one to two platforms when you're starting out in business but even with these one to two platforms you can repurpose your content and I'm going to show you how you can do that so instead of trying to create multiple pieces of content each week, what you want to do is start with one main content topic per week. So here's an example of how to do that. Say your topic is how to plan your content in advance. You can then do an Instagram feed post on how to plan your content in advance. You can do a Instagram reel on useful tools to help with your content creation. You could do another Instagram post with a client success story about how they went from posting randomly to planning out their content in advance. You could then do an Instagram story about three simple steps to help you plan your content in advance. Can you see how creating several pieces of content from one topic idea can easily give you multiple opportunities for content instead of coming up with new ideas all the time? The only time you may not necessarily want to use this method of content repurposing is if you are in a pre-launch phase or during the middle of a launch. When launching, your content will need to be designed to be relevant to the offer that you're promoting. So that is how you would repurpose content for one platform, for example. What about repurposing content across multiple platforms? So when you are ready to expand your reach and utilize more marketing platforms, you'll be able to reach new audiences as well as consistently deliver your message in multiple ways. So I'm a huge fan of what I call the multi-channel marketing strategy. So this is where you take a piece of content and you repurpose it across multiple channels. Therefore, you can expand your reach and expand your impact. So first of all, if you are just starting out with multi-channel marketing, I want you to first look at all your top performing Instagram posts and you want to repurpose these into core content pieces for your blog or your podcast or a YouTube channel. And we're going to use the same example as above. So say you decide to launch a podcast and you do a new episode weekly. You can record your episode, take the transcript from that episode and put it into a blog post. You can then take that blog post and create those Instagram posts, Instagram reels, Instagram stories that we spoke about earlier. You can send an email to your list, letting them know you've got a new podcast episode out. 
You can really touch your audience and reach your audience in different ways just from one piece of content. So having a multi-channel marketing strategy does not mean that you're having to work harder. It's about working smarter with your content. So you've brainstormed your content and now it's time to input it into a content calendar. So first, let's look at why you should create a content calendar. A content calendar keeps you consistent. So the best thing about creating content in advance is that it helps you to be consistent. Instead of trying to create content every day or every few days, you can plan and batch your content in advance so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, I often find that once I start creating my first piece of content, creating more content whilst I'm in the flow is a lot easier. And I'm not saying you have to plan out three months worth of content. You can plan out week by week or every two weeks, whatever works for you. But just try and make sure that you're not posting and writing your posts just before you're about to post them. So another reason for using a content calendar is that it helps you stay organized and it saves you time in the long run. So setting out a bulk of time in your work week to plan out your content may seem time consuming, but trust me, you will save time in the long run. And once you've created your content, you can pop it into your social media scheduling tool and pretty much forget about it. Obviously, you need to be there for engagement and things like that, but you've created the content, you've done the hard work already. And you haven't got to be scrambling and thinking, oh, I need to create content right now. I I haven't done a post in a while. You've got that content planned out in advance. And it also helps you to be intentional with your content. So by creating your content in advance, you're planning based on your 90-day plan. And you're not just creating content because you haven't posted in a while. So how can you create your content calendar? So I'm going to be talking you through 10 steps on how to create your content calendar. The first is to start with your 90-day plan. The easiest way to work out what content you want to produce is to think about your 90-day plan and what products and services you sell. How far ahead you plan and write your content really depends on you and how you work best. For some people, planning a week at a time works, and for others, they can plan a month's content or more in advance. Just find what works for you. Then you want to establish what platforms you want to create content for. So once you know what it is that you're going to be promoting, you'll then need to establish what platforms you want to create that content for. Do you just want to use Instagram? Perhaps you have a blog or a podcast. Maybe you have content you want to post in your Facebook group. And think about the type of content that you want to create on those platforms. Is it a written post? Is it a video? Is it a Facebook Live? Is it an Instagram Reel? Then you want to plan out how frequently you want to post your content. So If you're using Instagram, you don't have to be posting on your feed daily in order to see results. Posting three times a week is enough for Instagram as long as you are consistent daily on stories. And you can definitely post daily, but don't feel like you have to. It's much better to create content that's quality over quantity. Once you plan that out, I want you to input your schedule into your chosen planning platform. So you can use a simple Google spreadsheet, you can use Google Calendar, or you can use a project management system like Asana, Trello, or ClickUp. At this stage, you don't need to think about the topics as such, but input the platforms and the dates into your calendar so you know exactly where you want to post and when. Then it's time to plan out your content. Come up with content topics that relate back to the goals that you've set out in your 90-day plan. Doing this helps you to stay intentional and relevant based on the offers that you want to promote. Use your content pillars and the brainstorm content that you already have to help you with your ideas. You'll then want to input these content topics into your content calendar, into those slots that you created in the previous step. 
then it's time to start creating your content. Set aside time every week, every two weeks or every month to batch create your content. I find it much easier to start with an outline and then I will fill in the gaps and expand upon my topic from there. You then want to think about creating a content library for your assets. The last thing that you want to be doing is scrambling, trying to find graphics and photos to use alongside your posts. So create a content library in Google Drive or in Dropbox. And I like to organize mine with a folder for each month. And then I'll name the graphic or photo with the date of my post. So it's really easy to find. And it's time to work out the best times to post. So you've identified what days you want to post and now it's time to look at the times that work best for you and your audience. And there are platforms out there that will tell you what your optimum times are, such as Instagram Insights or later. But often you'll find that it's trial and error too. And it really has to work with your own schedule. Don't worry about getting it wrong at the beginning. It's about evaluating that data and then using that for your next piece of content. Now, all that's left to do is to schedule your content. There are many content scheduling platforms available, such as Facebook's own Creator Studio, Planoly, you've got Later and others too. If you're creating blog posts or podcast episodes, then you can also schedule these to go out in advance. So you're not posting on the actual day that you've created it. Try to ensure that you post at a time where you are available to respond to any comments as they come in. And this is especially relevant for Instagram. Also, be sure to review your data so then you can use this information to improve your processes and improve your content. So there we have it, a very in-depth episode on how to create a content marketing plan for your business. And I really hope you've got some takeaways that you can take away from this episode to really build your own content marketing plans. No matter what stage of business you're at, if you're brand new to business or you've been in business for a few years now, it's really important to have that content marketing plan, whether it's for just one platform or whether it's for four platforms. Have that content marketing plan, relate it back to your 90-day plan, relate it back to your goals, relate it back to your offers and services, and go out there and put that content into the world. If you did enjoy this episode, I would love for you to share it on Instagram stories or tag a friend. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Brand Market Flourish podcast. I'm so happy that you joined me. If you've enjoyed this episode, then I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. I would also appreciate it so much if you would share it with a friend, shout about it on social media or leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing from listeners to the podcast. So do say hi over on Instagram at Fluya Online. Thanks again. We're back next week with a brand new episode. <laughs>